Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us on our 119th episode of the podcast. We get a chance to talk to head coach at Georgetown University, Coach Edwin Thompson. Coach Thompson was recently coming off their first winning season at Georgetown since 1986. His 2002 club was the first Georgetown squad uh, to win uh, their first Big East championship appearance since 2018. The first time that they had the Rookie of the Year, the Freshman of the Year, as well as having the first Big East Staff of the Year. And in 2022, Georgetown broke records for wins, home runs, total bases, and end-of-the-season RPI. Prior to coming to Georgetown, he was at Eastern Kentucky University at EKU. Um, again, they were a losing program when he got there. Um, before COVID, they were 12-2, and just beat LSU, and then got shut down. But they had consecutive 30-win 30, consecutive 30 seasons there, two straight conference tournaments. In all five years they were there, they had a team GPA of 3-0 or better. Has been a USA Baseball member since 2015. Uh, worked with USA Baseball staff anywhere from the 18U National Program as well as the 17U National Development Program, Sergeant Stripes, Terminal Stars Manager, um, and been involved with USA Baseball in that high honor of representing our country. Assistant coach staff's been part of the staff at Georgia State as well as Duke University, where he's helpful and them having even more success on the offensive side of the game, and was a, got his head coaching start at Bates College, I'm sorry, former head coach at Bates College, where he set school record for wins, they were again last place team, and then made a school record for wins, his first career got started, his first career head coaching job was at University of Maine at Farmington, and where, uh, like he talks about in the podcast, how he made it, um, his dream job where he was, and that was where he was, and he made a great um, career out of there. But uh, Coach Thompson's always active in the community. You can follow him, and he's out there. Him and his, and his teams are always very active in the community, local charities, nonprofit organizations, uh, providing just help for those that are less fortunate. We dive into some of those things and how that philosophy and how he does that, and you know, improves uh, the perspective that they have on players and the perspective on the game and what they're doing with all the quote-unquote work that they have and things that they quote-unquote have to do so just uh we touched base about that and it's really fun and so at the, at the end of the day like coach thompson you can tell he's just a first class person first class first class dude um uh, really really enjoyed it um you know and, and it really spent some quality time and just getting to learn from him and um really appreciate him just like i can't thank our sponsors netting pros as well for helping us um this platform that we have Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital wall graphic padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting pros continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. So, big shout-out to those guys. Thanks to Coach Thompson. 
you guys enjoy it. Um, all the things from culture to his practice settings, community, how he's able to his experience with football and basketball how it really shaped him into the kind of the great stuff he does um, on the baseball field. So among many, many things. So I uh, really enjoyed it, and I hope you guys will. So here he is, Coach Edwin Thompson, Georgetown University. We provide shoes for kids that are less fortunate. Um, it started – when I was at Georgia State, Ron Hunter, the basketball coach, did it, coached coach the game barefoot. We started talking about what it is and what the organization is. And, you know, essentially, once I got the head job at EKU, we did it every year um, until COVID. And so it was kind of like last year was our first year we weren't able to serve the kids. Um, and um, we I think we've served over a thousand plus kids in my time, you know, in a pair of shoes. And the day kind of normally flows um, where the kids come out. We provide a pair of shoes for them, you know, less fortunate kids, kids that just don't have the means to get an extra pair of shoes. And a lot of times the only pair of shoes they get, but then we play the kids, our, our kids will play with them like a play day. And then they come back out to a game and, and things like that. But we're going to kind of transition that to August until they come back to school. Um, this time of year is just difficult in this area. So kind of with, you know, kind of the COVID stuff. So we just kind of just transition out to August where we're going to do that. Um, but that's kind of, you know, the transition of being in a city versus being in a rural area where it's a lot easier to access to, you know, like in our town, we could bring the buses out. It was like, you know what I mean? It was the teachers could drive the bus. It was just like different situation here. It's like, it's harder to come on MLK day, but it works. It will still work out. The kids will still get served. So that's what's most important to us. But yeah. And as far as that, we just, we bring our people in. Do you sit down at the end of the year and plan these things out or, you know, and, and specifically, um, is this something that you've shown like, the more that you've done this, the more that it's kind of related to um, and just kind of how it's helped your, your program. Yeah. I think each team is different. Um, we have a set format. We do have some ideas um, for our program. You know, we do miracle league, um, but it, we do that. We work with the Nats uh, youth Academy as well. Cause we're there. Uh, that's an important part of giving back to the game in the city of DC. But at the same time, we venture out to areas, you know, things in the area, you know, so that, that's something that um, it just kind of comes and then we don't give it too much structure other than we know we have dates blocked, blocked out in the fall. And as things kind of come up, like next year, we're doing the Habitat for Humanity. We're going to do a few different things that we haven't done here. I've done it at other schools. And so I try to give some guys the variety, but just to give them opportunities to, to serve others. I think that's the, has always been the important part. I mean, ultimately that's a, the fun part about the job is to be able to, you know, have kids, look up to you where they come out to our games, but also just people that are less fortunate to, to actually recognize how fortunate we are as our, in our program and the players where they're at. So try to have them allow that and have them awareness of, of their surroundings. Nice. Is this something that, um, like how did this come about? Like, was there something that just kind of, how, how did, how did your mission or how did your like say like, look, this is so important that we're going to do this. And I've done this every step of the way from the Yeah. Way. Every step, even my, my first year, we did toys for tots when I was at university of Maine at Farmington, we had a big draw in Maine in a small rural area and kids needed something basic. And we worked with a, with a local chapter there and uh, that kind of how it started to be honest. Mm. And I, every year we did that. My, my, as like each, each school I've had, a, had one that we kind of did was like our staple. Um, and that was one there. And when we were at Bates college. We did, you know, after school care for kids, like um, the boys and girls club were really involved in that area because it really needed um, male support and, and, and positive influence in that area. And then, um, when we were at uh, Georgia State, we started uh, or at Duke, we did some uh, clinics 
um, with, with local like inner city kids and, and kids less fortunate. And that's kind of when that, that kind of started. And then Georgia state, we did a, a few things like that as well. We did a clinic on MLK day um, to, to provide a free clinic for kids. And so that, that's kind of, you know, then, it, you know, I got the job at EKU. It's been kind of uh, now I'm running the show and I have a full range. I can kind of do things uh, as I see fit. And, and then we've just a variety of, of, of events to allow our kids to grow uh, off the field, which I think is ultimately, and then it builds team chemistry and, uh, we we always we always see the benefit of it. You know, there's nothing you know bad about it. Obviously, oh for sure. And I'm just thinking too, like, um, is you, you've talked about servants and serving others. So is that would you consider that like a standard of your program? Like, it's something yeah. like a value that you've kind of yeah, defined we, and touched base and talk about a lot. We were in the, in the pro- recruiting process. You know, we identify kids and understand that. You know, we, we're not very we're not very kid right, and so we we lay out everything. Uh, I'm such a straight shooter when it comes to what we look for, what we expect from them, uh, you know, throughout the process, everything's going to be earned and, and everything's going to be in a general uh, statement. But ultimately we know, Hey, if guys are already serving when they in high school or their travel team, their high school teams there, that's going to be a good fit in that area. Right. Then there's other areas that have to kind of cross it, cross the check, check them, check the mark, so to speak. But that is something that we, it's, it's, it's heavily talked about. I I'm not shy to talk about how I feel that, you know, we're going to be served. We're going to serve others. Um, because that's how I am and that's how I'm raised. So yeah, definitely important part. Um, it is a staple. I think it's as important as anything to be able to have a program that can, can give back to the community uh, and allow yourself to grow uh, or have your kids grow. And I think the best, best example, I got a, I got a job reference, you know, from one of my former players who the employer employee said, they asked him a question, what was the biggest, um, imp, imp, what was the biggest, you know, time in college? What was the biggest moment, whatever it was, in college and most kids would say hey we beat this school or beat that school with this this win or that big hit but his was being able to serve kids with samaritan's feet and being able to provide a pair of shoes for a kid and that following year the same kid came back and it was the same pair of shoes and that's when he realized that he had to do more when he got back into his community and that's what he told his boss and his boss had in for 30 years whatever he'd been interviewing people he never had an answer from that from a, from a 22 year old kid so like that's kind of where i know you know, again, there's a mission that behind all the other things they have to do from an athletic standpoint. But if they're going to develop them, be good leaders in the community, be good men, fathers, and husbands, like that's ultimately my job, uh, and that's what it's important to me. Oh wow, that's that is, and we'll talk about it. It's outstanding. Uh, what a what a lesson. You know, like I said, he, here's the shoes I gave him, and he comes back the next year with those same shoes. You know, like that's. I'm sure that was just an incredible impact, you know. I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm not sure how you guys are with the Miracle League, you know. Like, it's a very – some people just have a really hard time, you know, with with that. And then other people, like, I can tell you, like, it just, like, opened their eyes to it. Like, do you have any other, like, kind of memorable stories like that? Like, of kind of things like that um, maybe have really touched kids and meant, meant a certain <clears> – <throat> something big to them? Yeah, I think it's always just perspective. Anytime you, you know, there, there's when we do a, a, a like Miracle League, we did it this fall. Um, it, it's just perspective, you know. And the, the next day when we're going over a bunt defense, I just tell them, hey, we didn't get it right, but we're fortunate to have the bunt defense. You know, we're fortunate mm-hmm. to do that at the level we are. Um, if we have, we did a, a free clinic for kids in DC, the joy and the passion, they don't know about all the and other stuff that goes on at the higher level. They just play in the game. And so always take perspective from everything we always do to allow our kids to have that 
understanding like, wow, we're, we're pretty fortunate to be in the situation we are, to be, to be at our school, to be, but more or less to serve. And I think that's the biggest takeaway, whether, you know, a team, you know, so however that is, I think it's always been perspective. When the kids are done that day, whatever we do, they take perspective out of it. And for that moment that they have every time to reflect, like, it's not that bad. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's difficult. There's challenges of being an athlete and student athlete and all those things. But at the end of the day, it could be a lot worse. And I think that's what I try to help um, instill into our kids. Like, you have to be able to just, you know, do your part, do your job. But at the same time, be, be, be understanding and respectful of the situation you do have. Because never not, it's never not like what we don't have in life. It's all what we, what we do with what we do have. And that's what the, I always try to stress to our kids. Uh, and then during those moments, they always come out a little bit shiner because we realize, wow, it, it, we are it is pretty cool, you know, pretty good, pretty fortunate. So we are. So let me ask, because uh, you mentioned about the fall. So you stay clear of like you don't do really not necessarily anything during the season, and most of the stuff is probably during the fall. And like you said, this winter time before you guys get rolling. Yeah, it, it there's a couple events we'll do uh, throughout the spring, depending on, you know, we have some guys that don't travel. So part of their responsibility, uh, you know, throughout the spring is, you know, if we're leaving on a Thursday, that that Thursday night they're going to be doing something for the team, for the organization. And so it's kind of a self-run. They, they may have a couple of things. They may read to a school. They may um, just whatever that may be, something simple. But they're going to be involved, and that's part of the responsibility for the guys that don't travel. And that's being part of doing their part for the team and the organization. And so, uh, but, yes, the majority of it we have very structured in the, in the fall. We have more time. Um, so we, it's just like a practice day. So on a Saturday it's scheduled. We don't have practice. You typically on, on certain Saturdays that we have, and we haven't blocked off throughout the fall for, um, community engagement. Wow. Great. Great. I, I just, I love that. Just, just cause as a coach, you kind of think through things and even at the high school level in Maryland, you know, we don't have the fall ball. So like, you know, as a team, like you, we just really had to, you know, you had to take a, a day during the season and you just kind of yeah. tried to be you couldn't plan it as far as you like because, you know, yeah. you just never know where the season is. But so for us, feeling was like, hey, we could use today. We're like, we need from some perspective and just go do some stuff like that. So um, and what I'm kind of thinking, too, like through all of these things, it seems like you're really trying to also bring the team together, you mm-hmm. know, and understand there's principles. Will you specific besides this, the community stuff, do you will you do like a retreat? Will you it seems like. Will you do those kind of things to kind of also help just do it, not necessarily just the service side of it, but like, but even just like a whole retreat where we're going to go and we're going to go to a place or, and yeah. just kind of get together. Yeah. I think it's important. I mean, I think they do so much stuff together on the field and baseball related. So anything non-baseball related, uh, we try to, we try to bring our kids to, I mean, we're uh, obviously we're so fortunate in DC uh, with all the sports teams. So those are easy, easy ones for us to go to a Nats game or uh, we're working on trying to get to a Capitals practice um, things that are different, but then also different sports. You know, we're going to go, you know, the, the Washington Spirit, the, the women's na- uh, soccer team here in town. We're going to go talk to some people over there and just talk to other leaders and talk to other players at a high level that are achievers. But at the same time, you know, we want to take them to um, downtown and, and explore um, our city. You know, a lot of them, are, you know, they get on campus and they kind of stay on campus. And so like any kids, they kind of stay in their their bubble no matter whether wherever camps I've been at, I've always taken them off off the place. And I think, uh, you know, I always joke one time there's a uh, we did it in Eastern Kentucky. We took them to a place called Disney and, and it, was, it was a National Guard uh, basically retreat. And they're like, oh, we're going to Disney. And I was like, yeah, we're going to go to Disney. Um, but it was Disney like it was that was the, the base that was called. And it was just a different experience. It took them out of their comfort zone. 
Um, mm-hmm. We've done a lot of different things over the time. I think every year each team is different. You have to kind of know your team and allow your them to, to kind of figure out like what, what's going to work. You know, sometimes some teams need the team building offsite type. Some teams just need um, just to get together and go like one day we had a practice. We had them. We didn't tell them anything. Uh, we had them. We had only people that knew they started a different route to go to practice. We took them to play mini golf. Right. And, and that was like, they were so pumped about that. And we've been working really hard in the fall and kind of just a reward of all the hard work. And I try to balance that out in the fall where the fall can kind of get, you know, over and over again to keep it fresh to keep it fun. Um, something simple as that was like a big deal. Um, so those things, like whatever that is for your team, but we, we've, we found that it's helped our build our chemistry. We see guys compete in different areas. Um, everything we do, we always compete in it. So like we did bowling, we did mini golf, like those things are simple, fun things to do, but we put something on the line. And I think you can still get something out of every opportunity you have with your team, depending on what you want to get out of it. But you have to have some sort of framework. Um, but then also this expectation of standard that we're not going to stop just because we're playing mini golf. We're going to still compete. You know, it may not be any good, but mm-hmm. this is this is competition time. And there's a winner, winner or loser. And as long as you understand that, that that's kind of how we, have, we approach it. So there's a lot of different things like that we just kind of do. But it is very um, strategic and each team, you know, will be a different group that you have to kind of do that more or less depending on the time the group you have. Okay. So, yeah. And I like, I like that just kind of having a feel of like what your team does need. Um, you know, that's, a, that is important. So you kind of always evaluate and say like, Hey, would you, like just the interesting thing of just not even telling them and coming out, that's, it's just having a great feel for, mm-hmm. okay, here's what we kind of need. That's great. Instead of like a scripted thing, like, Oh, we're just going to do this again. And this and that, like, no, we're going to, yeah. That's awesome. Now, will you, as as much as you compete, like is it is it breaking it down like uh like into certain teams during the fall? Or are you are you trying to compete like in terms of uh like are there, are there, you said you said there's stuff on the line? You know, like you kind of put things on. Let's say a practice. You know, like yeah. where like guys are winning. Like, hey, winner does this, loser does this. Yeah, every time you know, depend on the day. Like, um, you know, from a batting practice standpoint, they like, you know, we'll put our two two shortstops that are competing for a job and for that day. And um, it could be something as simple as, Hey, who, what, what music they want to listen to the next day for, for hitting something simple as that, but allows them to have some control over something that that's important to them. Um, but again, it, it can be something as simple as music, or it can be something like, um, you know, to run, run down to the, um, to the Capitol back, you know what I mean? From campus, if we lost something on campus or whatever. So, it just depends. Um, each situation is different, but we allow them and we, we force them to have um, in that moment, you know, you know, daily we'll have some sort of competition uh, in, in positional group, uh, whether it be all the outfitters are going to throw from right field like a showcase and who has the best throw uh, is going to win or who has the best pickoff move um, when we're doing like live stealing bases in the fall or whatever that may be. So or even just live bullpens, you know, we'll get the team together and we'll have both sides pick a pick a player. And half the team has to pick, you know, watch this pitcher and that, and they play and play out. Basically, you got a pitcher and fastball out. You got to match it and go back and forth. So whatever that is, it's just from a competitive standpoint. I mean, it's it can be simple and simple as ten burpees, you know, or ten pushups. Yeah. But it's just yeah. the fact that you lost and the other team won. That's kind of how there's a result. They're oriented business, right? And so the more you train that, the more you have a chance to go up there and and, and feel like your team can compete against no matter who you play because it's just playing the game. Yeah, it pays to win. Yeah. I, I just, you know, and for one thing, I just got, I, I got just thinking about was like, out of all these programs, you know, like the the story of, you know, came, came from, came from the bottom and now we're here, you know, like he came from mm-hmm. the last place to first place. Is that, 
would would that be kind of the common thread of like, hey, you have to understand how to win. You have to have the mindset of winning. Is that something mm-hmm. that you've kind of grown over the years? Like, look, that's why you've kind of where, where they just you kind of went into the program. They didn't they didn't understand it. They didn't yeah. feel it. And then you had to kind of that's how you kind of build it. Yeah, I think it's everything. I mean, my, I, I think every job I've taken over, uh, there's things about the team that needed to get fixed obviously because they hadn't been winning and so i say fixed but this had a they had the pieces they had the right people but just there are certain things and i, and I always use the analogy and, and it's like my first year at ek at, at, uh, at georgetown you know we had a tough situation we came in got hired in september of, during covid didn't meet my team until march of 2000 like 27 21 march 27 of 2021 and it was, we got thrown into the fire. Like literally it was like six days of practice. You got to go play VCU and UConn the first week. Like it was like two regional teams. It was like, okay, we hadn't even met, barely know their guys' names, but we mm-hmm. never stopped our standard. We never expected anything less than what we wanted to ultimately have in our program. Uh, and we went to leave in Xavier and I'll never forget it because I think they turned, turned our program around. Uh, we, we were leaving and I happened to be the last person to grab um, like my uniform off the hangers in the, in the little room we have before we get out to the bus, but all the hangers were down on the ground. Like a lot of them were just mad. Like people just grabbed their stuff and it dropped on the ground, grabbed their stuff, dropped on the ground, but nobody picked it up. And one thing our, we talk about in our program is doing always be a professional, be a pro, right? No matter what it is, be a professional, you know, locker room got to be staying a certain standard, but everything, this is one of those things where just somebody else is going to pick up the hangers. So I didn't say anything. We get to the field and for about 20 minutes, I talked about what we expect, what we do. And we had lost some games and it, it wasn't about the games. It's like the reason we're losing games consistently at this moment, one, because we didn't have a lack, lack of time to prepare. It was difficult, but there's details. We may lost by one run or two run. Well, the difference is the details, right? And so I said, why didn't anybody pick this hangers up? You know, what was the problem? No one had an answer. Well, so now those hangers never get on the ground, right? And so like that was a moment in 2021 that built our foundation for the future uh, for our program because there's a standard now that we have. And, and, and until you do something like that, until you address it, you know, it's just hangers on the, on the ground. And that sounds so simple, but it's also one that allows you to, as a coach to to grow your team in that moment and not yell at them, not, you know, scream and just say, hey, listen, let me ask you the question. Why why, why did you do that? And then, and then when they look at themselves, like, you know, I said, are you capable of picking up a hanger? And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, well, of course you are, right? Because in life, either A, you don't know how to do something or B, you just don't feel like it, right? And that there's really, I said, you know how to pick up a hanger? And they're like, yeah, coach, of course. So we just don't feel like it. Right. And I said, if you don't feel like doing the little things in life, then you don't feel like winning. That, that's it. That's a fact. If you don't pay your mortgage on time, if you don't pay, you don't show up on job in time, those things are going to matter. So like for me, I always try to blend the two of life and baseball and, and maximize that, that opportunity to teach. I'm a teacher at the end of the day. So um, that was one of those moments we taught and, and it helped, um, you know, kind of get where we to the program to a competitive standpoint on, on every aspect, not just baseball. It's about the, the little details, you know, yeah. the difference in the details. And just, again, like, almost hot, like you said, holding yourself to a, high, to a higher standard. Sure. But, yeah, so, and if you found that, like, so, you know, East Carroll, Kentucky, and you talk about all the different places that you've been, same kind of story of coming in there and the different expectations that you had, mm-hmm. you know, where um, being able to take a team that's from last to first. Yeah. Yeah, every time in, in Kentucky, uh, EKU, we had a guy that was wearing uh, University of Kentucky shorts, like during practice one. He came to early work one day, like just on his own. And I was like, hey, what are we, who are you? You know, I didn't know who he was at the time. And 
like, do you play here? Are you a pro? Are you a visiting, you know, visiting guy? I had no idea who he was. I just met my team. And he's like, no, I, I, I play here. I'm a third baseman or whatever. I said, how are you a third baseman wearing another team shorts? You know, and like they're 20 minutes up the road. Everything around our area is all, you know, at the time it was Kentucky. Huggy. So like, it's like we play them. We expect to beat them. Like, you know, the mindset at the program was like, nah, you're not beat. We're not beating Kentucky. Like, there's no way. It's like, we're mm-hmm. going to beat them. And we did that year. And he's like, hey, coach, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I really didn't believe that we could do it. And until you do something like that, you just never have that belief. But everywhere I've been, it's always kind of been, no matter what the situation is, you have to be able to believe it. You have to be able to have it, have a visual, but also have to work at it daily to, to get to where you want to be. And it takes time. A lot of times, you know, it takes um, just effort from the players, but also the staff uh, and support staff to make sure that their standards are held up to the level that it needs to be to be successful, which is just those are the things that I think are instilled everywhere I've been. And, and I've been fortunate to have guys that have bought into that in a short period of time and then also have a great staff to help teach that. So that's always a combination, right? You can't just have it one way. You got to have it. The guys kind of buy in collectively and, you know, you know, I've been fortunate to have guys that done that. You said you said build the visual. Is that just like you just creating? Like you said, uh, we're going to beat Kentucky. Like, is that is that what is that what you mean? Is like building and having a visual? Yeah, I think it's just showing them um, what it's going to look like, and and maybe through examples. Maybe it's okay. Um, you know, different different opportunities. Uh, you know, like, but it's just showing them um, whether it be through video or just through through print or through articles. Um, constantly providing our kids with examples, right? Because it, where the kids are so visual now, it's like. You can talk and coach talk, but like, okay, hey, Kobe Bryant just said talk about habits, and and they can grasp who Kobe Bryant is. They can grasp the same thing I'm saying to them. They can see it in a one minute clip or thirty second clip about a certain habits how you want to be excellent in everything you do. I I say it all the time, but now they see it and it's like, okay, that makes sense. Kobe just said it, right? And so whatever, can every team's different, right? So you have to connect with them, you know, in in a way that. But those things are important too because you have to be able to allow them to have that that understanding that there's a process to it. There's an end result to it, but the process of how you get there is different for everybody. There's different ways to go about it, but here's how we're going to do it because this is how it's going to work for us. And I think that's the part that um, listening to your kids, getting feedback from your kids is a big part of it. What we, what I felt is allowing them to have some feedback and some interaction of, of like the process of where they all want to get to. And then at the same time, be realistic how, how, how we're going to get there and when we're going to get there. Right. And so like, for us, we never. T- I don't really talk about going to Omaha. I talk about winning a game, winning a road game, winning a home game, and winning a series, winning a road series. And you stack those days up, and and you just focus on each game, and, and just focus on the, on the most important game, which is your next, because it is. And everything else will, you know, as you keep building a program, that's kind of how that goes. For me, that's kind of how we've had some, you know, some some consistency in our in our programs, you know, each year. So, so when you say you. Um going back to like the listening the listening part is how you listening to the, mm-hmm. to the kids um because i'm assuming that you, you you come in when you come into georgetown after leaving eku is you had a vision for what it would what it could be mm-hmm. and so you start with the vision and then as it gets rolling then as, as you have the communicating with kids and then they help you also with kind of where the vision can go and you get feedback you know, you understand, hey, what are we doing? How's it going? How's everything? And you listen to them. You say, okay, they, they can sense, you know, like with our school, you know, our kids are doing so much academically a lot. So like some days it might just be like, hey, we got a big week of school. Coach, we got to, you know, may have to pull it back a little bit. You know, so we still got our work in. We're still efficient. But that might be something a small, like 30 minutes less of a day so they can get back to campus to get their work in is a big deal. Or, 
um, just maybe days where we need to like, you know, we're just going to take off today. You know, it's just, we, you know, we're in a good spot in the fall, for example, and we just want to take a day off and we just want to, you know, but just listening to them, what we need more of, what we need less of, you know, just hearing, you know, those things. And obviously it's not like, Hey, I want, you know, they know with me, it's, we're not, Hey, I want X, Y, Z, you know, we don't ask like those things. It's just more like communication about just, you know, similar thing like food, like what food we want to go to, you know, what, you know, it's just those little things that go a long way when you're talking to your to 18 to 20 year old kids, but any kids, I think they just want to have be part of the process. And I think they know that we're the coach. They know that we're going to make the final decisions, but to, to have their input and something simple is sometimes can go a long way and it allows them to have that, that ability to, to trust you. Um, to feel like they're part of it. It's not like a dictatorship. It's a partnership. I and mean, this is a, it's a shared partnership. I want shared accountability. I want openness, but ultimately it's their, their program. And so, it's their experience. You know, I'm not, I'm not playing, but you know, if, if, if some guys want to, you know, want to wear their pants up, some guys want to wear pants down. Great. Whatever makes you happy. Right. And so like those little things are something simple as that for me, I'm, I'm kind of, I've adapted in that process where I don't have to have it one way or the other. I, those are like simple examples, but like, that's something that I think just listening to what, what they're saying, you know, how, how do you get to that point? And it, and I guess to twofold, cause I like, how do you get to that point, kind of building that building that trust to be able to listen to them? And then Sue is like, do you or is it only like let's say a leadership council or like your seniors like that you're really listening to? Yeah. So I try to, you know, I don't have captains. Uh we yeah. don't I've, I've kind of gone away from that. In 2016, you know, we had some captains at EKU and I kind of re- reassessed um what we were doing actually in 2017, the fall of 17, and we just had accountability leaders. And so what we do is we just split the guys up with guys we think are leaders, guys that we think we can trust, um, and they hold each other accountable. So they have a group of people they're in charge of in the fall, and it allows them to grow as leaders, to run a small group, to be in charge, to make sure that they're on time for stuff, uh, meetings, study hall. Um, everyone has a scale. They're, 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 they're important to have that. And I think every team, um, you can kind of look at you, you're, you have probably – seven or eight leaders you know sometimes you have tough decisions you have to make as two captains or three captains i just decided to like let's take more ownership i also try to have a a, a, a different person in in the organization be in charge of the group it could be the same person but sometimes like a freshman class doesn't have a chance to have a voice but they can kind of be in that that grouping um sometimes i can have a freshman that can lead uh, other freshmen right and so it just depends on the situation but so i think uh hearing it from them right and i go to them and say hey what do you guys think you know and that's kind of they're the they're the there's a, there's a communication where they're going to always players are going to tell your coach, coach, coach talk, but then the players that you kind of select, you have a relationship that you can trust them. You teach them what you expect, what you want. And it's not a matter of like, Hey, I don't want to know all the ins and outs, what goes on in the locker room, but if there's things that are going on that we need to fix, we need to, we need to talk to me. Right. And those are things that like, that's a really powerful thing when you get a group that says, yeah, coach, we got, we got an issue. We got to talk about it. And then, you know, like stuff that kind of comes to my desk, hopefully is, is filtered. And so I can be more efficient with the, with my decisions and then they can kind of handle things that are the small stuff. You know, like if a guy has his towels, not bang up his towel, just you guys need to be addressed that. And, and that's when you know you have a good group is, you know, they take the punishment out of it away from me and they're doing it because it's important to them. And I think that's when you get when you get a group to buy into that concept. That's when you kind of have some you know, a team that you can kind of, you know, whatever the results are. You can live with because you know you did everything possible. It wasn't like because we cheated our system or cheated ourselves. It was like, hey, we're doing it all the, this way. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But 
we don't lose to ourselves, you know, and that's kind of been always a, a big part. Don't lose to Georgetown or EKU, wherever I've been at. Man, you know, it's just, it, you, are, you know, really embodied that, you know, and, and uh, so, but now it's like, so how do the, you take the next step? You know, like it was the first winning program. You did set all these records and then like, so how are you preparing now to, to which it, it, just, you know, like the consistency is yeah. even harder. How are you helping for, I guess, breed that consistency? Yeah. The unknown is the unknown, right? When you, yeah. when you have it first, when it's season since 1986, um, you know, coming to this fall, it's our biggest, like, okay, how are the guys going to come back? It's natural people, how good you are, how good you are. We just come back to, we got to get better. Right. And ultimately we didn't win a game in our biggest tournament. We lost two games and the program has never won a game in the biggest tournament. So there's steps for us. Just got to win a game. Got to win another one. Got to get to Sunday. Right. So there's steps to get to where we want to be. And I think, Training that, talking about that, but not talking about anything heroic, what we're capable of doing. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And then ultimately, just don't lose to us. And that's kind of been the focus is, is, is just, you know, the Hoyas versus Hoyas. That's all we're focused on this fall was just like our team, our, our situation. And and you build that consistency through um, just the communication, how you, how you present it to the kids. And I think that's been uh, our biggest worry, but also so far it's been our biggest comfort to knowing that we have a group that says, okay, what do we have to do today, coach? Let's get better. Let's execute. Let's improve. Um, you know, I always at each practice, I always say that we wouldn't lose that day. You know, if we win more than we not, you know, we're going to be okay. It's not, not going to win every game, uh, not going to win it every practice, but if we win more practices over time in the fall, same thing in the spring, you want to carry that over that same mindset. They just going to win the day. And it sounds simple and it is simple, but it's hard to do. You have to work at it as a staff. You have to work at it with your positional groups. You have to work at it with within the group. Um, but those are moments that you can kind of look back on and say, okay, hey, that was a big moment for us, and we we kind of overcame that. So um, it, it's it's been it's been kind of a fun to have that process, um, but it's definitely one that we work at for sure. Yeah, something got to build into every day, like you said. Yeah, uh, I, I I just <clears throat> it's it's just. Uh, yeah, now being able to stay on there and, and just kind of go where you, it, it's it's definitely uh, but I just love like how like you just uh, man you just have a great perspective of, of things and yeah like I love how you even just said um, we're just gonna talk about what we're capable of doing like that is such a that is so I've never heard it that way and that's like we're capable of doing X Y and Z and just not being able to lose to ourselves. Um, you know, I remember like even like um, I got some slosh, I think, because like like part of the like I remember seeing like his like itinerary and he would say, play the game. Like uh, we're going to play the uh, he would say it's us versus us. Like it was something on the scorecard, like as far as that. Uh, and I just I guess that's what you're saying. Like try not to beat us, like beat ourselves. Yeah, um, man, that's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I had really great stuff, coach. Um, I guess. um Man, like going into, um, I was, I was thinking just your staff, man. Like, have you been, how, how have you been able to find guys, you know, where they have bought into this vision and saying, Hey, here's where this is at. And I'm bringing you in here. We're going to help push this. Is this, is it still just the, the vision of it? Like, how do you know what guys like, you know, that one are going to, going to want to serve their community. You know, mm-hmm. hold it to a very high standard, you know, and then be the really good teacher, like you said. Yeah, I think it's goes back to who you identify. You know, when I go in, into a talk to a family, I'm just honest. 
you know, I, I when I was younger, you kind of, hey, we got this nice grandstand or we have this and you, you try to talk about the stuff. Uh, I, I don't recruit anymore. I try to present. I try to present who we are, what we are, how we're going to do it and the process of, of that to my staff, to, my, to players, to families. And I think that's allowed me to really get the right people. I've been very fortunate to have some really good staff and I have a lot of them around the country coaching at different places or in professional baseball. Um, and so it's a byproduct of hiring good people, but it's also people that hired me looked at my resume was never like, Oh wow, this guy came from played in this Omaha or did this. Like I was a division three guy, went to Duke. Well, that guy took a chance on me, gave me an opportunity. And so when I identify the people that I want to bring in, I have to look at who's similar to me. Um, and whether it be a the division three coach, like I was for six years, maybe I get a, a coach from a smaller school that has kind of been working his way up to get that opportunity. Right. Or maybe it's just somebody that never gets a chance um, because they haven't had a recruiting experience, provide that experience for them and teach them and grow them. And so I think just like I will my players and families, I'll, I'll talk about everything we want to do. And I talk about how the process is going to get there and it's going to take time. It's going to take work and it's going to take communication. It's going to take discipline. And so, the ability that we have in that process of the interview, uh, I think I do a good process in, the, in that pro- in the interview process. But at the same time, it, it's one that um, you just identify certain traits as people go through it. If they're talking about, you know, this, that, and it's like, you know, even my graduate assistants, you know, I, I got to hire them throughout the year, um, every year. What are they list? What are they, what are their goals? You, you, you know, and, and if it's something that doesn't align with, with the program's goals, it just may not work out or, if they're worried about other things other than serving or, or not giving and not understanding that, that there's challenges and there's, you know, I always say that there's, there's, there's a different experience you're going to have. And those are just things that we kind of stress in, the, in that process. So it's just kind of more uh, through the process of working and communicating um, through the journey of the interview process. But also I think I've gotten to a point where people identify that outside that maybe look in that are like, ah, like I came from division three I, maybe I should be, that might be a good fit. And I'm not saying I would never take a guy from a power five. I just haven't, you know, it hasn't happened for whatever reason. I've gotten really good people that have had a different background uh, that allowed me to, to and then once they get here, we kind of, you know, we're, you know, I kept my staff last year, which was fortunate. You know, it's always hard to do and the continuity and you know, like what UVA did for such a long time or those programs that had that, that those long tenured coaches. And, you know, it's hard in this business where opportunities will come up and just how do you keep them here? So those are all things that year to year, I just try to evaluate and and help grow our coaches too. You know, I think a lot of it, sometimes I talk about a player development, player development. What about our coach development? You know, and part of what I try to do is grow our coaches and we have a plan. Here's our goals here. Here's our expectations. So throughout the year, they're getting one-on-one with me to kind of make sure that they're getting where they want to be in baseball and in life. And so it's kind of a, it's a full cycle of process for them too. I, I'd love to dive more into that. Like, cause I was thinking just how, like it is such probably such a challenge, like to keep your staff and, and like how, how you're doing, like how you're, how much control do you even have of that? Or like things that you're capable of in order to keep the staff. Yeah. I mean, some things, you know, you, you never, you can't control, right. If, if certain schools call or certain opportunities come up and, um, you know, I think in 2018, we won games. Both my coaches left, uh, or all my coaches. Yeah, both my full-time coaches got job, better jobs. Um, great. I'm supporting that. I want that. That's an important part of my journey is to help guys move on. And I think that that's been kind of the, you know, for a while, my volunteer at Eastern Kentucky had one that was 
moved up to recruiting coordinator for like three years in a row, right? Or we had a few that moved on to professional baseball. And so it just depends on um, each each guy's different, each person's journey is different where they're at. And um, but I think you just get fortunate to get the right people. You you take care of them the best you can, um, and then they allow they they want to be around it, you know. And I think that's something. But at, like anything, always good things come to an end. It's not you know very rarely where they can you can keep them for a long time period of time. Like my coach McDougal been with me since 2000, <clears throat> the fall of 17. And so that's the longest tenured coach I've been a part of, but it's been great. And, you know, my coach Cape and then we've been now for three years and coach Keener, like our, our, our assistant, like he's now it's, we're all in our second year together. So our whole staff been together for second years. So we had some you know, graduate guys leave, got a full-time job here or there, but like our staff has been there. So, that part's because they want to be part of the journey, right? And I think that like any competitor, you want to, re, you know, kind of work all the work you put in to get it. And I think that's the, in this business, if you leave, you leave, you don't, you miss that all the work you put in, you know? And I think that's, and then it's, it's a, as an assistant, it's a hard balance to play because opportunities will come up, but just how do you, how do you balance that out with what we are, where you're at right now? And I've always been a big believer in be where your dream job is at where you're at. Um, you know, whatever that was when I was at University of Maine at Farmington, making no money and uh, just doing it because I loved it. I thought I was at the school I wanted to be at. I thought I wanted to be, you know, like that. And that's how I approach my work. And I think that's kind of what I try to instill to our staff is just approach like that, be very professional. And then ultimately we'll get, you'll get to where you want to be when the time is right. Mm. Be where your dream job is, wherever you are. Mm. Yes. So, and I, and I love the, like the one-on-one, like you sing with your coaches as well. You know, like I think we do, we don't, maybe not spend uh, that's, is that mostly like a, is that like a monthly thing or is that something maybe just as needed or is it just kind of like the end of the year kind of review? Yeah, no. So though, I've been really intentional um, starting, you know, last fall and trying to really get into um, more one-on-one with the guys outside of, Hey, let's talk recruiting. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about you. How are you doing? What are you up to? How's this going along? What can I help you with? What are your next steps? What do you want to do? Like those are conversations that, that need, are important to have. And then just, you know, professional development, you know, like obviously a lot of us went out to ABCA, which is a phenomenal event or other events that go on um, to learn, to grow, to network. And I force our guys to reach out to other people in the industry um, to learn, to talk, to, to, to experience a different voice than mine, because I think that's, and I want to hear information from other you know i sent our strength coach out to talk to some former strength coach that i'm on that i really respect in the business you know so it's not just our baseball staff it's our it's our operations you know people that we hire um our 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 our, our, man, our equipment manager you know everything to how to be more efficient you know how to be more to help our kids ultimately it comes back to our kids and if all of our coaches are getting good information and learning as well i can help them in that journey but yeah it's something that we try to um at least in the in the season try to do once a month where I'll sit down and at the breakfast at a hotel and just kind of have a one-on-one about where they're at, what they're up to mentally, physically, emotionally, and just make sure they're, they're centered because if your staff centered, you know, you're centered, but uh, those are kind of things that we just kind of work on and have, a, have an objectives, have goals and objectives like we do with the players. But if we don't do it with the staff, then, you know, how are they in a chance to get any better? How are they going to get ready to, to that next opportunity? Um, so those are just things we try to work on and just have a, a simple, simple method that we try to attack. Well, so, and then I'm just just wondering here, Coach, too, because even from us, from a, a head coaching standpoint, or mm-hmm. how how do you do that for yourself? Because I'm sure you seem like you yeah. know you serve and you put 
you put those others first, but I'm sure that you want to lead by example. So are, are those, is that the same kind of model that you do for yourself? Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's, um, you have people in your life, you kind of go to that kind of mentor me, if you will, and talk to me outside. And I've been one to kind of go outside the box. I have a lot of people in this business that are good friends that I reach out to in the business, but I also reach out to other sports. Um, people that have been very successful in other sports or in business and, and that kind of run an organization or be a be leader in different ways. And uh, I'm always willing to learn. I think that's where that the growth mindset, the, the, the ability to to learn and, and look at yourself. And I think there's always, I, I picked this up from a, you know, a few years back from MLB team that they have a call, thing called one up and one down, where at the end of the year, you have your players or staff give you a one up and one down. Like one thing they really like, one thing that like, coach, we got to get you better at. And again, 20, 20, 2017, that team, we were last place team at EKU. And there was, we had some good players. We just 24, we just didn't have that enough to be consistent to win like we needed to. We finished last in the conference. And uh, I, I was kind of really evaluating myself, right? I was like, man, what are we doing wrong? Like we beat some teams, but we just, just we were developing players. We just weren't putting it together. And a lot of it came back from that year those seniors told me the truth. And that was really what I would tell them be, tell me the truth. And it's hard as a coach to, to hear that you're not doing a good job or hard. Not you're doing in this area or that area. They may love this, but they don't, you know, we, you know, and that was one of those moments where like, okay, I got to make sure I'm telling my staff to go do some development. I got to make sure I'm talking to other people and I got to make sure I'm, I'm holding it true to my message. So that's a really a moment in time where 2017 was like, for me was a big year or 2018 that, that year. Uh, and we, we and that year that team wasn't good. We started off really slow. We stopped. We had a moment. I never forget. We lost like fourteen to one on a weekend, and like we lost the whole got swept on a weekend. After we had beaten like um, some really good teams, I said, "Okay, who are we going to be?" We kind of really brought down to the basics of who we wanted to be that moment. And for that that moment in time, from a coaching standpoint, I started. I, I was worried about too many other things. I said, "I, I got it really simple, really basic." And here's how we're going to approach it. And so that's kind of like there's moments as a coach. And this is 19th year for me coaching. So I've, I've been fortunate to kind of have a, a, a wide range of experience at different levels. But, you know, for me, it's I enjoy talking to the CEO of a company. Or I enjoy talking to a, a, a person in a, a, a different gender sport, women's sport. Like I enjoy how do you lead differently. And, and so you pick up stuff like that. So will you take the time like uh, that's something I always enjoyed. Like it's so at Georgetown. Will you go? watch a practice uh like let's say women's volleyball or the basketball yeah. team or you know that's that something that you regularly yeah, really fortunate i kind of you know i've done everywhere i've been but really you know yeah not with you at duke you know that was kind of like a window where yeah, i was with coach k um and then coach p who's the women's coach who's from maine who's one of my mentors was like i was fortunate to like be involved in like behind the scenes and see like why they're so good why they win national champ? Like I was able to see it and talk to the people at a very high level. And so our soccer team at the time at Duke was really good, still really good in lacrosse. And so everywhere I've gone, I've kind of picked programs that I think are doing well at the school because every school is different. So you recruit differently to every school. What What's working at this school versus that, you know, so like that's been something, you know, when I got here at Georgetown, like our soccer pro program won a national championship in 2019. So I got hired in 2020. I was like, okay, who's my first phone call? It was a soccer coach. <laughs> you know, what did you do? How'd you do it? And so you don't try to reinvent the wheel, but you try to gather information that's, that's worked at that school. I think that's something that's important, whether you're at high school, um, you know, you're going in and who's like your new coach come in, like 
you better find out who the best school team in that school because they have a favorite kind of figured out and what works. And so that those are something I've always done, but now more so uh, as I kind of got into this in, in this new new position. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And like I said, not how do you take how do you take and, and maybe you can kind of shed some light because like let's say you talk to the soccer coach, hey, here's what works here, and then still make it your own and being true yeah. to Coach Thompson. Yeah, I think it just you got to know your team. I mean, you got to know yourself, right? I think it's like it's like anything. So like for like we were all with the ABCA, a lot of us, um, you can take a drill and you can put it into your program, but is it going to be yours? Well, no, it's going to be somebody else's. That's like how it works, right? But what spin can you put on it? How can you communicate it to your kids? I think that is yours. And so all the information of how they did something, it may not be the exact path, but there's a model of a basic premise like it has to do certain things here from an academic standpoint or from, you know from a recruiting standpoint or anything any mistakes made over the way i think that's kind of what i look at it's like you know what mistakes did you make you know yeah i know that well, what mistakes did you make your first couple of years here and try to try to fix those mistakes before you do them and then then you're able to kind of be in a better spot so yeah you have to take make it your own i think anytime you, you try to do somebody that you're not I mean, i'm not coach k but the standards that he had for his players, I can do that. You know, I, I I may not be able to communicate like the way he did because I don't have national championships or gold medals or those type of things, but the standards are the standards or, or how we communicate to each other. That's something that we can really do. So those are just things you have to kind of adapt to where you're at and ultimately who you are. Um, and even, you know, even if I had multiple national championships, I still think you still got to be yourself. And, the kids recognize that if you're somebody you're not, you're trying to be phony. And I think, again, like young coaches, when you're younger, you try to be something you're not. You know, when I was a pitching coach, I try to be something I was at a time. And so it just it just kind of depends on each situation. Yeah, I love that. Just and I even like the question of like, what mistakes did you make early on? I know, kind of like, um, yeah, I love the question of like, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think this would be no from a recruiting standpoint. Just not being – I was always honest, but I wouldn't – I would hide away from um, the, the reality, right? Like in Coach K, one thing, you know, again, I was very fortunate. But again, not a relationship in the sense I can call him every day. But like when I was there, we were colleagues. And so he's like, just be honest and genuine with them. Tell them the truth, even if that's not what they want to hear. Tell them what they need to hear. And that's always kind of stuck with me. Um, when you're younger, you're like, again – got this grandstand we got this but like the field was not great and so you kind of just stay out like it's kind of like that have you ever seen that in the movie eight mile and mmm was talking about he got in a rap battle about they're making fun of him for all the things he didn't have and he just turned it right back around and said here's all the things i don't have and here i make a rap song about it you know and that's kind of like you know when i was at georgia state it was kind of one of the moments there's two paths you could take um to go to a dorm you can go to the, the, the admissions dorm, dorm, which was nice and had flowers and had all these stuff. But then there was like the, the reality that where most people go is closer, it's quicker. And it was right through the, the homeless people, uh, people, that, you know, asking for money every day. And so I would take the kids and nice admissions where they want us to do. But then kids were like, man, I don't like it here. I don't, I don't really like the, the downtown. I was like, what do you mean? It's nice. You know, they're like, no, I, I walk this way. And so I started taking those guys that way and, and say, hey, every day. These people are, are people are going to be here. Just know that if you don't like that, don't come here. And I know it's very hardcore, but it's just the reality. Every school is different. Every situation. If you don't want to come to school academically at Georgetown, it's not going to work. So mm-hmm. you won't try to come here uh, thinking you're just going to be whatever. It's 
that's that's not going to work. You have to put in the time and effort. <clears throat> so just been honest and direct. I think that's part of the biggest thing over time is just more honest and direct. You know, tell them like it is, and and then I think that that really allows them to know where you're at, know what your expectations are, and there's no like misunderstanding. For sure. Oh wow. Yeah, this be honest and direct for sure. It just seems like you're very direct, very intentional, you know, yeah. about things. And, and, um, you know, how, how is that intentional? Um, like in terms of like, let's, let's kind of get into like specifics of baseball. Like, how are you intentional? Let's say with the kids, like evaluation or kind of where they need to be, uh, in terms of their performance. We post a depth chart. Football uh, does it. Yep. All the time. First string, second string, third string. Every week we post a depth chart in the fall where you're at. So they don't, they don't have any questions. They know where they're at. And here's how you want to get better. Come talk to us. If you have a problem with where you're at, come talk to us. It's no problem. It, it, it's about performance. It's a results oriented business. If I always tell the analogy, I said, fellas, if you guys go to Chick-fil-A and you happen to have a uniform on and you're dirty, people are going to probably ask you one or two questions. They're going to say, did you win? And how'd you do it's a fair question, right? If you think about that, all the times you've been in a baseball uniform, you go to Chick-fil-A, they say, did you win? They don't say, who'd you play? They don't say, you just faced an M1 draft pick, or they don't say you, they say, did you win? And so it's a results-oriented business. So in the business of, if you get graded in school, we're going to grade you in the baseball field, right? And here's where you're at. Our, you know, you're getting A's, B's, or C's, or D's. Well, here's where it looks. And if you want to get better grades, here's how you do it. If you want to get better on the field, here's how you do it. And so that's that's how we do it. Um, and we just constantly communicate to those kids. And if they come to us, you know, I say, if you want to come talk to me, I'll tell you the truth. So most of the time when you post a depth chart, they know. They don't like it. They don't like seeing the name in third play, third string. They don't like that. But it, it's reality. You, you know, they know. But the ones that don't know or not, you just tell them the reality. Okay, here are your numbers. Boom. What else would you like to talk about? And here's how you fix it. Boom. And you give a plan. And, you know, that creates competition. That creates uncomfortable conversations, if you will. But <laughs> here's what we're talking about. You want a promotion a job someday? Here's where you're at. This guy's ahead of you. This guy's ahead of you. It's what it is. So teaching them the reality of what's going to come down the road is really important, I think. Um, and for me, it works. So not for everybody. Some people don't like the depth chart. And I'm not here to hurt feelings. But again, I tell them to the process of recruiting, this is how it is. Teaching them the reality of the future. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, so I mean, like when you're creating a depth chart and as you're, as you're evaluating, how, how much is objective uh, in terms of maybe certain things that you're looking for? And then, of course, uh, we're all kind of subjective of what we see. I think it's a combination. I think it's one. It's, it's, it's we, we use everyone in my staff. Is the equipment manager, is he, is he having issues with this person? Is our friend coach, you know, the guy not taking up here, taking, not doing his lifts like he should, you know, all those factor training rooms, is he, is he going and getting out? Is he just hanging out? Right. Those habits that we talk about that we want to have, I think those are all, and there's a results part of it, right? I mean, it's, you know, you can do all those things well and not perform. Well, it doesn't mean you're going to be on the depth chart because you're going to be high because you're, you know, a great person. That That's important. There's a value of that in our team, our organization, but that one has to put you at it first because if you're not, performing and getting guys out as a pitcher. Um, you know, I had a great, you know, great terminology at ABCA was a professional outgetter by Chuck, the pitching coach at Florida state. Like that was, mm -hmm. that was like phenomenal. I was like, that's, that's awesome. I love it. You know? And so, yeah, I think that those are all things that um, we just try to be 
realistic and ultimately tell them this is what it is. Here are the numbers, you know? What kind of numbers do you like? Well, let's say in terms of pitching, because I know you have a big background in pitching, is like what do you like to see in terms of numbers uh, from a pitcher? Outs. I love outs. Outs are a friend. Um, how you get them, it can be different. I mean, you can be a 80 to 81 mile drop down submarine that gets outs on the right hander, or you can be 92, 95 and get guys out with stuff. But who can pitch? Who can compete? You know, I was always told at a young age is you want athletic pitches with, with arm speed that are competitive. Um, that starting point. And right? if you have those things, you can start. Um, and ultimately, you have strike throwers and can you hold the runner? You know, uh, you know, we had a bullpen the other day with a, a young freshman was one, one, you know, slow to the plate. I said, hey, man, listen, I appreciate what you're doing. Throw some strikes. It's awesome. When they get on base, they're going to be at second and third base very quickly. So you're going to have a tough time if you don't, you know, it's like those are moments, right? But um, all those things matter. But I think just your presence, your poise, your ability to to command um, and uh, people look at you and say, okay, he's got the ball, right? Because in our program, like most programs, the number one pitcher on our team is a guy with the ball, right? There's, there's nobody that's more important than the guy with the ball. If you're in the sixth inning up two, that guy is pretty important. And the next guy coming in to get the lefty out, that's, he's pretty important, right? So so that's something that we just try to to value and, and to, to build into our kids. It's just like, just do your part. And, you know, it's just, but I, I think every pitcher is different. So if they're pitchers, if they're all they are as a matchup person, then you have to value that. If they're, you know, and if they don't do it, they don't do it. But if they're, you know, it just depends on each pitcher. But I think just generally speaking, yeah, everyone wants outs, everyone wants strikes, tempo. Can, but I think the poise, I think that, man, it just, you know, again, they had bullpen and they go, he was ah, all frustrated and everything like that. I said, no, man, listen, here's why. You didn't prepare like you should have, you know. Yeah. And they they know, they know, deep down they know. And that's why they have that outward emotion. But the key is to get that channel of emotion and get it to the direction you want to be as a coach and as a pitcher. Your pitcher, you want to get them to be able to get what you want, throw strikes or whatever it is. Now, coach, um, being the pitching, being uh, such a pitching guy, how do you balance, you, you know, allowing the freedom of your pitching coach to do to to work, and then it's, it's so much that you have a pitching background. How are you able to, I guess? that relationship with you guys working together. Yeah. Just beyond, you know, it, it, I, I hire guys to do their job. Right. Yeah. And so coach McDougal, it is our hitters. Why well, hitting background coach, coach Capen is our pitching coach. Uh, coach Brock is our assistant hitting coach and defensive coordinator. They gotta do their job. I'm hiring them to do the job. Obviously we're gonna have conversation. Obviously we're going to have input. I never want to be in a situation where I don't feel like anybody's voice isn't heard. Um, and so I think we just, if I see things, I tell them, if, if I see things one way or the other, offensively, defensively, pitching, I say, hey, I, I want to look at this. What about that? And we'll, we'll add things and we'll take things out. And um, I think any good organization has good communication. right? And that's that's the key to this. This, this whole thing is about communication. We all have a, a common goal. We all have an end result we want to be at. Well, we all have to make sure that all 40 of us plus the 10 staff, whatever we have, support staff, all align in the same vision and and in the same page. And so I think I just, I've been – I don't micromanage. I've been, I've been much, I've been much better yeah, in 2017. I was doing a lot. I was doing too much. And that allowed me to step back and be better in the areas I have to improve on. And then it helped the organization. It's helped kind of in the process of, of where we wanted to be. So I think, um, you know, those things of listening to your staff, but also listening to your play. I mean, listening to your players is important, but also listen to your staff, right? Cause they're, they're in it and they're the ones, you know, doing like anything. So just, 
just being honest and open about what I see and what I think and move on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, just wondering. Man, it was just... Uh... Just love the specifics. I love the just a, the, the there was just a, a great theme of communication, service, competing. Um, are these things as as much as they kind of come up? Are are these things that are defined in your program? Like how much do you define that kind of those values and like your mission, um, or is it just something that look you guys are just living daily and this is kind of just where we are? Yeah, I mean we in our program our locker room has earn your shirt and do your job. You know, and I think um, from that, we have a, a very simple mantra is just be competitive, be a professional person and, and enjoy and have a passion for what you're doing. And I think those things are the basics that you want to have. Right. If you don't have passion for the thing, you know, it's like <laughs> be hard, it'd be hard to go to have fun and do the things you want to do. If you don't have passion for it, if you're not passionate about for me teaching and, and impacting, I, I just find something else. But uh, same thing in life. If you're not passionate about, you know, your job or your anything like you just, it's hard to get excited about it. You have to sometimes you have to do a job to do it, but um, we talk about it. We, we embrace it. We, we, we try to instill that into our players. We, the competition thing is different for a lot of them, you know, and again, I come from, I come from a football family. I come from a football background and basketball background. I coach, I coach um, basketball for six years before I got into college baseball coaching. I coach college football. Um, and I coached a lot of different sports. And so it's allowed me to have, perspective of why don't we do this why don't we do more one-on-one with the baseball doesn't make any sense how we train our kids if we don't give them one-on-one opportunities basketball you do all the time one-on-one right all the time but baseball we don't we don't do that so we do it we do it all the time we'll put our two shortstops out there in the middle of practice make a play one play one chance to win if not lose has 10 push-ups whatever it is the whole team sees it and that over time the person that's better will be better and then when I put a lineup up, the person knows between that and depth chart and all that. And so um, the more that you can kind of create that in your program, for me, has been where we've kind of taken a step, right? Like the fall of 2017, everything we, I mean, it was because we were so bad. We weren't, we weren't where we wanted to be. Well, you better, you better compete. You brought in more players and, you know, the competition component. Um, but even if you have less players, it doesn't matter. How do you get your best players to play hard when you only have when you know that player behind you isn't going to play help you? No, make it uncomfortable. You know, when we had Marcus Stroman at Duke, his strike zone was really small. We made it really small. We told the umpires in games, call it really small to make him be really good and be mm-hmm. like he is, right? And so you have to kind of be creative because we knew he knew no one behind him was going to take his spot in the rotation. But how, we're not worried about that. We were worried about how can he help us, you know, how can he help him, you know what I mean? So you have to kind of create that environment for your kids, whatever that may look like, especially when you have players that are significantly better versus other ones that are, are not where they want to be. But your job as a coach is to try to get them to, to maximize their talent. Um, and that's, to me, it just goes back to competition. And that can be competing amongst themselves or competing, you know, amongst others and their, and their, and their, their peers. I love just um, just the creativity along with that, like you said, making this like a strike zone small with those guys that are trying to challenge them. Um, and I and for me, that even goes back to like your poise, your poise comment about pitchers. You know, like when you're like making the strike zone really small, and you want to kind of see their poise in those kind of situations too. You know, seeing how like 
um, how they tick, you know, when they kind of like not being as successful, you know, and you're, you're trying to challenge them. Yeah. Same thing offensively, you know, we'll do the same thing offensively. We'll call a ball, a strike, a strike, a ball, a ball strike. How are they going to react? You know, it's going to happen. Yeah. We better train it. If you don't train or your kids to deal with umpires in the, in the off season or whatever, they're going to have a hard time because they're going to be like, you know, I don't know if you watch the world cup and I love soccer, but man, they would every five seconds. They're like questioning the, the, the referee. I was like, this is crazy. This is a different, different sport where they're high level, but they're like, every call was like in their umpires fa- on the referee's face. It's like, well, I bet you they don't practice that, you know, I mean, they're elite, the best of the best. I'm not, I'm not getting anything away from those countries, those teams, but like, if we do that in baseball, we'll be <laughs> guys be getting injected left and right. And so you better train your guys to deal with the umpires making a, a, a call that maybe, maybe you thought wasn't right, but who cares at the end of the day, right? We mm-hmm. always say you, you get three pitches, you get, you're going to get one of them to hit. You know, you, you missed it. That's on you. Don't wait till the last one. That's on you. And so that's how I am. Right? I, I go right back to them and say that. Don't, don't get mad at him. Get mad at yourself or get yourself out. You know. That's right. You go back to the where you just said, we're not going to beat ourselves. You know, we're right. going to be, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. just not going to lose to ourselves. It's yeah. awesome. So, I mean, coach, we're, I, mean, I want to respect your time. We've been, it's, it's been great. We've already been over an hour is, is like, is, We've kind of talked about these things that, you know, maybe somebody doesn't know or somebody like maybe someone that we haven't touched base with. Like, is there something that maybe something's on your heart that you feel like you wanted to share or something we haven't touched base with that you just uh, kind of like to touch base and talk about? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just enjoy what you do and love what you do and um, be prepared. You know, I think that's the thing that we try to pride ourselves, but just have fun with your kids. You know, I think that's the, we all get caught up in winning and, and winning is, you know, listen, everyone wants to win. Like there's, you know, it's kind of like the no kidding. Everyone wants to win. You want to win. Yeah. If you raise your hands of every team in the country, everyone wants to win. Right. That That's a natural um, result, but who wants to, to lead and to grow and to teach. Uh, we all got in the business in, in my profession time 20 years ago to, to teach and to grow. That's what I love doing. And I think it don't lose sight of that process of having fun during that journey because I've had some of the best teams that we just didn't win. We just didn't, you know, we weren't talented enough or we didn't have the the right you know, system or whatever it was. But the process of that team is always special because every team's different. Every year's going to be different, you know? And I think that's sometimes we tell our kids, like, don't miss that window. Like, just enjoy this, enjoy this process, enjoy this team. And I think that's something that I think that how you get there, hey, totally different for everybody, right? But I think the, 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 for me, it's been I've been fortunate to have great staff, great people that have bought in, um, that have made the journey kind of a really fun one. So, and I'm coming from Jay Maine to be coaching as long as I have. I'm very fortunate and have great people and great you know um, mentors and all that. But I think it's just come down to you know enjoying what you do, you know, and the more you can do that, it makes it that much easier um, to go to work or to go to practice and get out there and grow, grow people. And that's what's been pretty cool to have. Coach Thompson, Georgetown University, just, again, just exemplifying, showing why he's been successful at every step of the road. I really can't thank him enough. Just give us us some dive in. Uh, Just loved even conversations having even afterwards. We stopped talking and after we pressed that press record, just this little thing that come about and, Really starting to see and um, loved how he even goes about as a coach, 
you know, we do have access to other great coaches in our buildings or in our schools. And, you know, for him to go look at other programs and how they're successful at, at their school in this little unique environment, what they're doing and um, going off of that and passing on that and building off of that and making it your own based off of that, um, that success, the recipe of success that's happening specifically uh, for that unique group because uh, every school has a different set of challenges um, you know, so I just I really, really enjoyed that piece of it. Um, you know, for the, because Georgetown, just like me, like has a, has a lot of challenges and they, they've continued to show that he's got a recipe. He's got a good system. And he talks about his systems. He's talking about routines. He's talking about setting standards, talking about communication, all very good things that high performing programs are doing. So again, just another great example of those and how much he, talked about communication, how much he talked about those standards, and how much he talked about competition. And I just really love this idea of 1v1 in baseball. <clears throat> how he, in order to just gauge more of that com competition and just, you know, we have 1v1s in so many other sports and put it out there for people to see. And I think it's just the time, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but, you know, you're thinking about the time and just, but it is, it's just short little bursters, 1v1, um, his, his get it period, like get it done, who's going to get it done, who's going to win, who's going to lose, and it's just a really cool uh, experience, a great way to throw in some competition, um, I really enjoyed that, and just really getting to know, like, man, just like how good their offensive, his offensive teams have been um, with the kind of system they have and, you know, he's putting them in uncomfortable situations and helping them feel comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, getting torn up in BP and, and showing them a lot of failure uh, and really kind of, as Coach Gilmore said, dirty practice. Like, it just doesn't look good, chaotic. and But get comfortable in those chaotic and those ugly situations and, and the game will translate, you know. And so he's... His system's working, and uh, it, it's great to see, and it's um, good for baseball. It's good for us. You know, it's, he's elevating the game for sure, and Coach Thompson can't thank you enough for the time, can't thank you guys enough for continuing to support us as well as our sponsors at Netting Pro. So until next time, keep getting better. <laughs>